What's a great joy after a long while? This is before COVID. And COVID made it ways we can't visit each other. Finally, I think we are liberated so we can visit one another. So it's a great joy to be here and share from God's word. And we'll be looking at the fourth commandment in Exodus chapter 20 for these two, um, these two Sundays. Uh, today we'll look mostly on this, the Old Testament and look at what the Sabbath means. Next Sunday I would like to spend time to come New Testament and see how the Sabbath applies to you and to me and how we can um, practice it. You notice that our God has revealed himself through the scriptures. And in the scriptures, he has actually shown that he is the one who created the world and everything in it. And it is very clearly stated that he created all these things in six days. And when he had completed the creation, um, find recorded in Genesis chapter 2 verse 1 to 3 some words which give us some information which will help us to appreciate what had happened and what God decided should happen or should be done by people that he had created. Let's read Genesis 2 and verse 1 to 3. This is what it says there. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them and on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done verse 3 so God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation so in these verses, uh, in this verses record, we are introduced, as it were, to the seventh day on which God rested uh, from his work of creation. Because actually what he had planned to do had come to completion, and so he rested. Now at this completion, it was a special day. And so God made it clear by blessing it that day and making it holy, that is, setting it apart for himself as a day for his special use. He blessed it and made it holy. Now this seventh day is actually explained in some way at the time when the commandments were being given in Exodus chapter 20. So when Moses is give, being given the commandments, the, there is an explanation about this seventh day. Now, can you see that in Genesis, it doesn't say Sabbath. Are, are we together? It is saying seventh day. And then, when we come to the commandments being given, that's when we are introduced to the word Sabbath. Right? So if we read then, those words in Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, we pick it up from verse 8. Exodus chapter 20, we pick it up from verse 8. 
Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. Do all your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the, the Sabbath day and made it holy. And so I would like us to spend in the rest of the sermon uh, just a few things to explore the meaning and the implications of the Sabbath. So we'll start, I'll ask some questions and then answer. So we'll start with the first question. What does Sabbath mean? All of us know about that. Actually, it is a day of rest. Considered holy to God. That is set apart for God. It's a day that God has set apart. When something is holy, you say it is set apart, specially set apart for God. Which we saw as we read earlier on his rest on the seventh day after creation. There are others who have tried to define the word Sabbath and in where they have actually tried to help us by connecting it to Hebrew, the Hebrew language, uh, the language of the chosen people of God, the Jews. So one has written that Shabbat is the original Hebrew word, okay, it's not Sabbath, but Shabbat. The original Hebrew word for our English word Sabbath. It comes from the root which doesn't matter, you just hear the sound. That comes from the root in Hebrew, Shibayit Tav. And it means, that word in Hebrew, it means to cease, to end, to rest. So the word therefore is invariably linked to the seventh day after the six working days of creation as recorded with, uh, in Genesis chapter 2, which we read. So that is how it is observed to be used in the Old Testament, that aspect of seizing, ending, and resting. So as you explore the meaning of Sabbath, you invariably come to observe something of that in the Bible, the principle is set up that one day in seven is to be observed as a day holy that is set apart to God. From the reason given for keeping the Sabbath day in the Ten Commandments, we learn something. We learn that the example of the Sabbath rest had been set by God himself in creation. Notice, Sabbath therefore 
Because you connect it to that seventh day in Genesis. Sabbath, therefore, is a creation ordinance. When you talk about Sabbath here, even in the Exodus, it is not the first time God is talking about it. It is started in creation. Now, what does that mean? Because we said it is cease or stop and rest. Now, the way it is put in Exodus, it is now being made very clear because that doesn't come clear in Genesis. In Genesis, it is just saying on the seventh day, God rested. That's it. Why? Because he finished the work. Just like you and me, if we finish what we were doing, the work we are embarked on, we will not continue. If this building is finished, you don't continue climbing and what and so on. You know, it is finished, so you rest, you stop. And that is what we are talking about, rest. Suppose you have actually worked. Now, that's very important. Because some people like resting, even, after, even when they have not done a work. Have you noticed some people are always resting? And you ask them to do something, ah, Nina, I'm tired. But you just been sitting there the whole morning. What has made you tired? Tired in the head. Because I can't, don't want to do anything. That's a challenge. The challenge which you and I should take is that when we talk about the Sabbath, which is talking about rest from your labor, you cannot start talking about rest when you have not labored. I hope we are getting the point. And so, because it is a creation ordinance, when God gives it a command, where the commandments, those commandments, some of them are very specific to his people, Israel. But you notice that the idea of resting one day in a week is a creation ordinance. Though there it doesn't mention, but the way it is mentioned in Exodus, where they refer back to Genesis to say that is what is going to happen now. Example God the Creator gave to us after He finished, He rested. And now you, his people, you shall labor six days. And the seventh day, you must do what? You must rest. I know a lot of people don't want to, to rest. I know many, many, many years ago, um, when I was traveling secretary of Scripture Union, I, I was visiting schools in Kasama. And I was staying with one of the... Um, pastors in POG as they had just established the church there. And when I said that today I am not working because today is my day off, I need to rest and Ah, he says, no, me, I don't rest. That was that pastor. Because the devil doesn't rest. Now, now because I was a visitor, I didn't change him. Because I should have challenged him. I think I should have gathered courage and challenged him. I said, look, 
such that you are following the example of the enemy. You should be following the example of our Lord, who rested when he had finished the work. Now, him, in his mind, was it? Because if I rest, the devil is still running up and down. He will, he will, he will injure me and overcome me. But that is not true. There may be some misunderstanding there. So, a challenge to those of us who are awake. There is a word in English says, workaholic. Hey, workaholic. Now, some of you, your offices are away from home. Now, some of us, sadly, we have two offices, one at church, one in the home. Some of you, you can actually knock off at 17 hours and you know now I have left work. And now I'm going home to be with my family and I can rest and have supper and whatever. Now, unfortunately, in many homes, it doesn't happen. Because instead of leaving the office, they leave the office, all right? But they put work in the briefcase and carry work home. So that even though they are not in the office, they are still in the, in the office. But physically they are where? At home. Sabbath, which is rest. Let's take that seriously. We don't want any of us just to drop dead because we've just been working, 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 working and not obeying this idea of Sabbath. Second question then, what is the purpose of the Sabbath? Notice that the Sabbath institution is integral to the life of Israel. It is a sign of Israel's identity as God's covenant people. So we read in Exodus 31 verses 12 to 13, we read these words, Exodus 31, verse 12. And the Lord said to Moses, You are to speak to the people of Israel and say, Above all, you shall keep my Sabbaths, that you may know. You shall keep my Sabbaths. I'll read that again. Above all, you shall keep my Sabbath. For this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I, Lord, sanctify you. So that command is showing that there is a way in which God and his people are in a relationship. And the Sabbath, Sabbath is like a sign that they, we are in covenant with the God who rested on the seventh day after he completed his creation. Therefore, notice that this kind of thing um, is also mentioned in Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 20 verse 12 says, Moreover, I gave them my Sabbath as a sign between me and them that they might know that I am the Lord who sanctifies them. You can see it is not just in one place, but it has been repeated and shown even in the prophets that this is a very special um, sign that the children of Israel, the chosen people, belong to this God. 
and they are to follow him in keeping the Sabbath and keeping it holy. Therefore, it can be said that the Sabbath is a sign of the covenant relationship between God and his people and of the eternal rest that he has promised to them. And so the Sabbath that stands for the nation's entire relationship with God. One which was restoration in future they know. They are looking forward to being restored to be what God wants them to be. Notice that the Sabbath was therefore known to Israel. And when God gave the injunction for them to remember, it was one that they would, they would understand that this is what God has said. In the Decal of the Ten Commandments, it is made clear that the Sabbath belongs to the Lord. It is therefore primarily His day. So there is one day in the week, because week is seven days. Six days you shall labor, and the seventh day belongs to the Lord. It is a day that He has blessed and that He has set apart for observance. So, the important point is that it is a sign, a sign of his covenant with his people. Another point is the, the way that God shows care, because there is a way in which he mentions when the children of Israel were uh, on their way in the wilderness. And at one point, they actually were being given manna. And look at what he says to show that this Sabbath is still part and parcel of their livelihood and their way of doing things. If we read in Exodus and um, chapter 16, we um, pick it up from, from verse 20, 21, we're able to see the way God connects even in his caring, as he provides them with their food, he shows that he cares for his people. Exodus 16, verse 21. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, two omers each, and when all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, he said to them, This is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake and boil what you will boil, and all that is left over lay aside to be kept till morning. So they laid aside till the morning as Moses had commanded them, and did not stink, and there were no worms in it. Moses said, eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather, you shall gather it. But on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, there will be none. Now, human beings the way human beings are. We don't listen to instructions. We always find out whether the instructions are genuine, genuinely given. 
Look at when we read from verse 27. On the seventh day, some of the people went out to gather, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, on this day, he gives you bread for two days. Remain each of you in his place. Let no one go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. See how he was concerned and how seriously he considered the Sabbath. He actually gave for two days. Now, what normally was happening, if you get too much of the manna and you say, this I will leave for tomorrow, when you wake up in the morning, it is all maggots and it is rotten. But when he says, gather for two days, cook, there is no rottenness. That is what God has decided you should do. So that we notice the way God speaks to his people. It's like the Sabbath is a gift. A gift to God's people. To be for the rest and benefit of the people. Verse 29. See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, therefore on the sixth day, he gives you to rest. There is a day when you must stop the normal tasks that you do. So it was not necessary for them to work on the Sabbath because he had already given them enough for two days. So it is very clear that one of God's desires was that the people rested and were refreshed. The people rested and were refreshed. Brothers and sisters, it's a, it's a, it's, look at the way God cares for his people. It was not a burden. It was God who created them knew they need rest. Even you and me actually need rest. That is why he gave his Rest for all God's people, God's concern. Rest is for God's um, people to be rested and renewed and so on. And have you noticed? There are a number of things that he mentions. Let's read in Deuteronomy. And you'll see again something repeated, which he mentions that, and because he's repeating everywhere, in Deuteronomy repeats in Leviticus it's, it's like he's saying look my people this is important it's not by the way look at what he says Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 12 to 15 because this rest is for all not just a few but for all people and everything let's read Deuteronomy chapter 5. We pick it up from verse 12 to 15. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy. 
as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any, your, any of your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. That your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. In the other portion we read, we said similar things. It just said livestock. But here, it sort of goes, just in case you, 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 you didn't pick it up. He's saying, even your ox, your donkey, or any livestock. So your dog, now I don't know how the dog can keep up, but, but, <laughs> but uh, how, how your watch dog, how it can rest one day. But <laughs> those are some of the challenges. But what we are saying is, everyone, even visitors, they can't say, no, me, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm just passing through your home. God says, even those who are visiting with you, everyone must be rested. A sign of the covenant, a good will from God for his people. Third question then, what are the demands of the Sabbath? You notice that God demanded that his people must obey the Sabbath. And that is why in the prophets, when later on and so on, many, one of the main accusations of the children of Israel is that they dishonored the Sabbath by conducting business as usual. You remember that even in the old, in the New Testament, at one point Jesus had to turn up all these uh, tables because here were people turning the temple of God into a marketplace. And instead of coming to worship, they stop and start doing business as usual. And we read in the following passages where it is very well expressed concerning his demand that the people must keep the Sabbath. We read from Nehemiah chapter 13. We pick it up from verse 15. Nehemiah and chapter 13, verse 15. In those days I saw in Judah people trading wine presses on the Sabbath and bringing in heaps of grain and loading them on donkeys and also wine, grapes, figs, and all kinds of loads which they brought into Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. And I warned them on the day when they sought food. Verse 16. Ty Tyrians 
also who lived in the city brought in fish and all kinds of goods and sold them on the Sabbath to the people of Judah in Jerusalem itself. Then I confronted the nobles of Judah and said to them, what is, the, what is this evil thing that you are doing? Profaning the Sabbath, the Sabbath day. Verse 18, did not your fathers act in this way? And did not our God bring all this disaster on us and on this city? Now you are bringing more wrath, more anger on Israel by profaning the Sabbath. Judgment was coming to the people of God when they desecrated or defiled the Sabbath day. He had given instructions, this is how you are going to live on the Sabbath day. These are things you can do on the Sabbath day. The normal business, the normal task, the normal work that you do for the, the past six days, you should not do on the Sabbath day. But disobedience seems to be the nature of sin of man. And we see people doing wrong things. And Nehemiah challenging them in his time. Then we read the prophet Jeremiah. He also adds uh, his, his word to this challenge. Jeremiah chapter 17. We pick it up from verse 19. Thus said the Lord to me. Go and stand in the people's gate by which the king of Judah enter and by which they go out and in all the gates of Jerusalem and say, Hear the word of the Lord, you king of Judah and all Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem who enter by these gates. Thus says the Lord, Take care for the sake of your lives and do not bear a burden on the Sabbath day or bring it by the gates of Jerusalem. And do not carry a burden out of your houses on the Sabbath or do any work, but keep the Sabbath day holy as I commanded your fathers. Yet they did not listen. Or incline their ear, but stiff neck Stiffen their neck that they might not hear and receive instruction. We notice that the Lord is actually saying in verse 21, take care for the sake of your lives. It's not doing a favor to God. God is doing you and me a favor. He's telling them, I'm doing you a favor to take care of your lives. It is important to rest. So there must be balance where you must work hard and rest. You shouldn't just be working hard from Monday to Sunday because you want to finish this, you want to do the other and all that. There must be rest. That's what God is saying here saying he demands and his demand is not for his sake he says it is for your sake my people because this is for the good for of your lives then what are the consequences of breaking the sabbath 
love. We have already seen in the verses we read that God brought judgment upon the people that were breaking the Sabbath. Which shows that God had put, just like on any other of the commandments, even on the Sabbath commandment, there was seriousness. In the Mosaic law, strict regulations were laid down regarding its observance. We notice in Exodus chapter 35, verse 2, six days work shall be done, but on the seventh day you shall have a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on it shall be put to death. Hey! Capital punishment for breaking Sabbath. That's how serious it was. You shall kindle no fire in all your dwelling places on the Sabbath day. So striking a match and blowing to make a fire and boil something, nothing like that. You must have cooked everything you are allowed to eat, but only to eat what was already cooked. God is so happy. And yet we still find people being disobedient. Being disobedient. Even losing their lives because of arrogance. The New Testament talks about your sin will find you out and it says the wages of sin is death. So it's not something should be taken lightly. It is serious. And sometimes in the Old Testament it was very painful for both the people who didn't do the wrong thing and the people who did the wrong thing. Because oftentimes God would say, take that man out of the camp and stone him to death. Hey. And you are involved in taking a stone and throwing at this person. Now, if he's your brother, you don't know what, how you'll be feeling. But God sees it. sin very seriously. That sin leads to death. Then he mentioned something else which his people experienced because of their own sinfulness. If we read, read in Leviticus chapter 26 and verse 34. Leviticus chapter 26 and verse 34. We see how the people suffered all because of disobedience in relation to the Sabbath. This is what he says there. Leviticus chapter 26 verse 34. Then the land shall enjoy its Sabbaths as long as it lies desolate. Why? While you are in your enemy's land, then the land shall rest and enjoy its Sabbaths. So it's saying, God was taking the Israelites out of their land. Take them out and they go to Babylon as, as slaves and all that. And 
maybe whatever they may call war prisoners or whatever and Israel remains empty and God is saying it's my doing because you are not giving land rest it demanded it desired or it needed hey can you see obedience obedience brings a lot of blessing but disobedience will bring a lot of pain and god takes his people out because they were disobedient now just even thinking god is even concerned about his own creation he takes his people out because they are, they are overusing the land they are not giving it rest so he takes them out of that land he gave to them so that it can have rest Maybe that's what we should be listening to. A lot of talk, hey, climate change, climate change, climate change. You have been hearing it. What has been causing all this confusion in our climate? You discover that it's the disobedience of human beings doing what we're not supposed to do. Because we like it, even though nature is saying, no, you can't do this, we find that we are doing it. People who have understood and observed of this, you cannot build a house here. If you build a house here, that's where the spring, where we get water from underground. Then you close that and then you have problems with water. No, no, no. I'm the boss here. Build my house there. And when there is problem with water, you start shouting at the engineer. Why, why is there no water? Sir, we told you that you shouldn't build here. And now, what? now he can't destroy that house because he spent all his money there. Now, who is to blame when all these things begin to happen? Can you notice? It is disobedience of man. That's what was happening in the Old Testament. The children of Israel were given clear commands. But just like you and me, they were very disobedient. Trying their own ideas. Why does this stop us? But in me, I'm feeling strong. Why should I just sit? On this day, I can do something. And you know, you, you start arguing with the Creator. You become cleverer than the Creator. How often we do that. May God help us that we may know why God brought about the Sabbath and why He demands that His people observe the Sabbath. That's what He mentioned to us there. He's telling us. Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath day. Keep it home. I hope you have sort of known some a little bit about what the Sabbath is all about. And next Sunday, God willing, we'll be able to look at it and bring it to our side in the New Testament and what the New Testament teaching teaches us how we observe the Sabbath. Now, I hope you are not thinking what we are going to do, and so we want to re read God's word, understand what God has said, so that when we are being obedient, we know we are obeying the word of God. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, we give thanks to you for your word that does reveal to us your loving heart, your people.
how you want your people to live in a way that they will be in good health. Forgive us that many times we don't follow your words and we do things that actually become detrimental to our health. Help us as we learn these things that will be obedient to your words. So we pray that you help us to understand so that we may be obedient. Because if we do not understand, it will be difficult for us to know how to live. So hear this our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much for the coming of our coming together on the first segment of our worship this morning. It's now for you. Um, let's invite us to 